Islamic Audio Library is pleased to present to you, with the cooperation of Adil Al-Huda, Grand Rapids, Michigan, the first in its series of Islamic lectures in English by Asheikh Wadbi Ghazali. Sabil Huda is a non-profit organization founded in 1990 to present Islam to Americans. It is a unique organization in that it concentrates on presenting the correct teachings of the Quran and Sunnah to Christians, Jews, and others in America, and to found a community which is a living example of these teachings. This lecture is only one step in this process and will soon be followed by many others, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda. Wa ba'd. Praise be to Allah, the one, the Almighty. And peace and blessings be upon the seal of messengers, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My brothers and sisters in faith, I have chosen for you a very important hadith to study it tonight. This hadith is known by its narrator's name, Hadith Ubadah, Ubadah ibn Samit. May Allah be pleased with him. Ubadah is one of the companions who fought in the Battle of Badr, the first battle between Islam and Kufr, the first battle between the people who followed the Prophet and accepted his message, the first people who believed in the truth and supported the Prophet and the people who rejected faith, the people who fought the Prophet and rejected his message. And it's well known among the Muslims that the companions who fought in that battle are the best companions of the Prophet Ubadah ibn Samit was one of those companions. Also the hadith is being collected by Imam al-Bukhari and Imam Muslim. And it should be well known among the Muslims that when we say that this hadith is being agreed upon by al-Bukhari and Muslim, they both reported this hadith in their books. It means it's the highest hadith according or regarding of its acceptance. So this is a very correct and accepted hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. In other words, we know for sure that the Prophet ﷺ has said this hadith. Hadith Ubadah ibn Samit. The hadith of Ubadah. I will read the hadith first in Arabic and then translate it into English and then after that we will analyze the hadith word by word and study it deeply inshallah. The hadith says An Ubadat ibn Samit radiallahu anhu qal qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam man shahida an la ilaha illa Allah wa anna muhammadan عبده ورسوله من شهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله وأن عيسى عبده ورسوله وكلمته ألقاها إلى مريم 
وروح منه والجنة حق والنار حق أدخله الله الجنة على ما كان من العمل The translation of this hadith is Whoever testifies that there is no God who is worthy to be worshipped but Allah alone who has no partner and that Muhammad is his servant and messenger and that Jesus is his servant and messenger and his word given to Mary and a spirit from him and that paradise is a reality and that hellfire is a reality whoever testifies of these things will be admitted to paradise so now you understand why I said this is a very important hadith because it talks and explains the things that lead you to paradise whoever testifies of these things Whoever bears witness of these things will be admitted to paradise. So let's study the hadith and see the implied meaning that we should all be aware of. The hadith says, whoever, whoever, this is tells you that this is an open call to mankind. This is a universal message. This is to everybody. Regardless of his color, his race, his nationality, this is to everyone, man or woman, black or white, Arab or not Arab. Whoever testifies, believes that there is no God who is worthy to be worshipped but Allah, alone, who has no partner. Before we study the whole sentence, we should understand the meaning of God and the meaning of worship and also we should be aware of the importance of worship and some form of worship God in Arabic language means any object of worship any object of worship is a God whether it deserves to be worshipped or not accordingly you can have your wife as a God you can have your money as a God you can have your position as a God you can have any creature of Allah as a God if you accepted this creature of Allah to be beside Allah or instead of Allah, so you have taken him as a God, whether it deserves to be a God or not. This is the meaning of God. The meaning of worship is simply any action or saying or intention that Allah likes or loves. So if you worship Allah, it means you do whatever Allah likes and avoid whatever Allah hates. And of course, we know what Allah likes and what Allah hates by His messengers. They are the ones to teach their nations. The importance of worship. If we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created His creation for this purpose, we will understand the importance of worship. Allah said in the Quran, I have created the jinn and mankind to worship me. So we are created only for one reason, which is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is to maintain the unity of worship 
of Allah. The unity of worship. Allah is the only one to be worshipped. And this is why he created us. This is why he created his creation. This is why he created the paradise and the hellfire. And this is why he sent his messengers. Allah said in the Quran, we have sent a messenger to every nation saying, worship Allah alone and avoid false gods, wrong gods. Avoid the ones who don't deserve to be worshipped. Worship only Allah. So this is the message that every prophet was sent to his people to deliver. Worship only one God. Avoid worshipping gods besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because he is the only one who deserves to be worshipped. So the whole meaning of this sentence is whoever bears witness that only Allah deserves to be worshipped alone who has no partner and Muhammad is his servant and messenger and so on and we will explain this later. Uh, we should know some forms of worship and see how Muslims, unfortunately, how everyone Muslims nowadays are praying the forms of worship to God besides Allah and none of these objects of worship deserve to be worshipped. Invocation, prayer, love, fear, salat, hajj, jihad, all these are forms of worship. So if you pay any form of worship to any creature of Allah, it means you have accepted this creature as a God beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Invocation, for example, is a form of worship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered us to invoke Him alone, to invoke Him only. He's the only one to be invoked and called. Because He's the only one who can respond to your call. He's the only one who is able to answer your call. The other creatures of Allah are powerless and they can't benefit themselves. So how can they benefit the others? And unfortunately we see some Muslims when times are rough, when they need something, they will go to somebody's grave and invoke him and call him and ask him for their needs. Asking for a child, asking for money, asking for a position, asking for a wife. They will go to a preacher of Allah and ask him and invoke him. So this is a form of worship which, we, which, which they pay to someone who doesn't deserve to be worshipped and they say, we testify that there is no God who is worthy to be worshipped but Allah. So it's not just a matter of saying we have to practice what we say and we have to understand our belief. This form of worship shouldn't be paid to anyone beside Allah. Otherwise, you will be associating a partner with Allah. It means you are associating a partner with Allah. It means you are committing a major shirk 
which, which will make your Islam invalid. Easily, your Islam will be invalid. Let's look at another form of worship that some ignorant Muslims, unfortunately, are paying to someone who doesn't deserve to be worshipped. Love is a form of worship. And I'm, I'm not talking about love which is a human nature. We love our wives, we love our parents, we love our children, we love our brothers and neighbors and friends. This is a human nature. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about love, which make you reach a point that you will follow someone or you will follow something that you love too much. You follow him even if he conflicts with the rules and the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You reach uh, a point that you are ready to follow someone and uh, listen to him because you love him more than you love Allah and more than you love Islam and more than you love the truth. Abdu uh, Abu Talib, Abu Talib, the Prophet's answer. He knows deeply from his heart that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, is a messenger of Allah. He knows this. And he knows that what Prophet Muhammad told his nation was the truth. He knows it. And there is no doubt about this. But he refused to follow the Prophet because he loves his nation, he loves his tribe, he loves his people, he loves his friends more than he loves the truth. So he died on kufr. He died on kufr. This is why Allah said in the Quran, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشِدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهِ The believers are the strongest, are the best in loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So love is a form of worship that shouldn't be paid to anyone except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Love which makes you follow Allah and love Him and obey Him all the time, all the way, whether you conflict with your tradition, with your customs, with your friends, with your desires, you don't care. You care only about following and obeying the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And let's have another example. Someone might love his wife. Someone might love his wife so much. And this wife, she hates Islam. She doesn't like to raise her children as Muslims. She doesn't like her husband to act as a Muslim. She just wants to be a Muslim by name. And unfortunately, such a woman will find a husband who will love her too much to the point that he will listen to her and disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the form of worship. This is committing major shirk, shirk al-akbar. Because he's following a creature of Allah and he made that creature reach a point where it can be followed all the time even if he conflicts with the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no God who is worthy to be worshipped but Allah. This wife doesn't deserve to be worshipped. Fear also is a form of worship. 
And also I'm not talking about seed, which is a human nature. Like when we see a snake, everybody would be scared. This is a human nature. I'm talking about fear, which is a belief. If someone believes that there is a certain man or a certain country because of its or his power or position can cause him harm whenever this man wants because of his position or his power, he can cause him harm whenever he wants to, regardless of the will of Allah. If someone believes so, actually he is paying the form of worship to someone who doesn't deserve to be worshipped. The Prophet taught Ibn Abbas his cousin, he said, listen, if all nations gather together to harm, to cause you harm, or to benefit you, they won't be able to do so unless Allah wants it to be. If Allah doesn't want harm to reach you or touch you, no one can harm you. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want to benefit you, no one can benefit you. So if someone believes that there is a certain country or a certain man or a certain uh, group of people who can do this, regardless of the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Actually, he's paying a fault of worship to someone who doesn't deserve to be worshipped. So this is the meaning of the first sentence, which is the first pillar of Islam. We bear witness, or I bear witness, that there is no God who is worthy to be worshipped, but... Allah alone, who has no partner, and that Muhammad is his servant and messenger. This is very important. And that Muhammad is his servant. This is telling us that Prophet Muhammad is a servant. So he's a human. He's like us. We are all servants of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala whether we like it or not. We are the servants of Allah. So there is no difference between us and between the Prophet, except one difference, which is the following attribute of the Prophet, by which he was described. And Muhammad is his servant and messenger. The only difference between us and Prophet Muhammad is he receives revelation from Allah. He is a messenger of Allah. Allah reveals to him whatever he wants. And this is, tells us that we should follow him. If he is the messenger of Allah, then he is the only one to be followed. He is the only one who deserves to be followed. We should follow his tradition. We should listen to his sayings. We should accept his advices. Because he is the only one who receives revelation, which means he can never be wrong. He is the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should be able to distinguish between 
disobeying the Prophet or disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and feeling guilty disobeying the Prophet or Allah and feeling guilty and between disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet and still believe that we don't have to listen to the rules of Allah or we don't have to obey Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and we can be Muslims without uh, obeying them. There is a big difference and a very important difference that we should understand. Let's have an example that uh, explains this and makes it much easier to understand. Suppose that someone doesn't practice a certain sunnah, a certain tradition of the Prophet he doesn't practice this tradition, but he feels guilty. He feels guilty and he feels sorry because he doesn't practice this sunnah and he tries to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask you for forgiveness. But because he is weak, he's weak in a certain point, so he disobeys the Prophet. And he believes that he has to obey him, but he is weak and he's uh, just a sinner. This person, the ruling of this person in Islam is, he's a corrupt person. He just uh, committed a sin, and if he repents to Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept his repentance. But if another man disobeyed the Prophet and he believes that he doesn't have to follow him, he doesn't have to follow the tradition which being uh, said or, or done 1400 years ago. He believes that he doesn't have to follow the Prophet as long as he believes that the Prophet is the messenger of Allah and as long as he believes that Allah is the only God, is only one God, which is Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. And when he believes in this, he doesn't have to follow any tradition or he doesn't have to follow any law and he can disobey the Prophet whenever he wants to. This man actually rejected Islam and his Islam is invalid and he's not a Muslim anymore. Well, the first one is a Muslim, but he's a corrupt Muslim and he's a sinner. And if he died without repenting to Allah, he might will be uh, forgiven for, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive him or punish him uh, according to his sin. So this difference should be understood by Muslims. And Muhammad is his servant and messenger. And Muhammad is his servant and messenger. And we say that messenger implies that he is the only one who deserves to be followed all the time. Sometimes we see Muslims who claim that they really testify this great shahada and bear witness of it, but they actually have too many people to follow. Prophet Muhammad is not the only one who is followed. Some will choose to follow his school of law. Some will choose to follow his school of law. Even if this school of law conflicts with the tradition of the Prophet And by the way, the best translation for the word mazhab is school of law. It's not 
school of thought. And by the way, the best translation for the word mazhab is school of law. It's not school of thought. Because, inshallah, in thought we have only one creed, only one belief. We didn't have four schools of thought. We have only one school of thought, and we have four schools of law. Sometimes the madhab might say that the woman doesn't have to cover her face. And the tradition of the Prophet is full of the evidences and is full of the sayings that tell every woman to cover her beauty, to cover her face, and to be away from strangers. And a stranger is a translation of Ajnabi. And I don't know any equivalent word in English that stands for this meaning, so we better uh, give a definition for this word, which is Ajnabi or stranger. A stranger is anyone who can marry your wife after you die or after you divorce her. So if the Sunnah says that the woman should be away from strangers, the woman should be covered and she shouldn't be mixed with strangers. Your brothers, your uncles, your friends are strangers for your wife because they can't marry her when you divorce her or when you die. So the Sunnah orders the woman to be away from strangers, but some people will find some weak evidences or some weak sayings in his school of law that says the woman can uh, show the face and sit with Ajnabi and talk to them politely. So he will choose, he will choose to follow the school of thought and ignore the school of law and ignore the tradition of the Prophet So brothers, we should really understand the meaning of that Muhammad is his servant and messenger and try to practice this meaning and try to practice what we believe. Whoever testifies that there is no God who is worthy to be worshipped but Allah alone, who has no partner, and that Muhammad is his servant and messenger, and that Jesus is his servant and messenger. Same thing that we said about Prophet Muhammad, his servant, so is Jesus. Jesus is one of the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no difference between Jesus and any other servant of Allah except one difference, which is, Revelation. So, you receive revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's a messenger of Allah. He's a prophet. But, he's a servant. He's a human. And that Jesus is his servant and messenger. And his word given to Mary. This hadith, my brothers and sisters in faith, tells us, who Jesus is. Jesus is a servant of Allah and a messenger and a word given from Allah to Mary. This is very simple. The word is a saying from Allah. Allah said the word, which is be. The word is be. So the word is not created. The word is a saying from Allah. 
And Allah speaks whenever He wants. Speaking is one of the attributes of Allah. Allah said, Be. And Jesus was created by that word. So Jesus is not the word. He was created by that word. The Christians believe that the word is not created also, but they believe that the word was in the beginning, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So, in Islam, the word was a saying from Allah, which is be, and Jesus was created by that word, the order of Allah, be, and he was. This is very simple. And a spirit from him. Jesus is a spirit from Allah. We all are spirits, spirits of Allah. We are spirits from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every human is a spirit. This is why when someone dies, his eyes is open. Why? Because he's watching his spirit leaving the body. This is why the Prophet said, close his eyes after he died, because the spirit will leave the body and he will be watching the spirit leaving his body. So everyone is a spirit. So why Allah said and a spirit from him? Why Allah connected the spirit to his name and said from him? The scholar said to show the position of Jesus. To honor Jesus. And this is exactly why in, in Arabic language we call uh, the house of worship, we say, the house of God. Baytullah. We call the house of worship, Baytullah, the house of Allah. So we connect this house, the house name, we connect it to Allah's name to, to show the position of this house, to honor this house, to tell that this house is not a regular house. It has a certain position. It has special honor because it's a house of worship. So it's the house of Allah. We connect its name to Allah's name to show the position. So this is the case with Jesus. He's a spirit from Allah. So we connected the spirit to Allah's name to show the position of Jesus, to show that Jesus has a special honor and he's a special case. And it's really very strange for someone who believes that Adam was created of nothing, with no parents, and believes that Eve, Hawa, was created out of a single parent, and doesn't believe that Jesus was created out of a single parent, Mary. It's very strange. So my brothers and sisters in faith, this is very simple. Who Jesus is, he is a servant of Allah and a messenger and a word given from Allah to Mary. And he was created by that word, he is not the word. And he's a spirit from Allah. The spirit is not one of the Trinity. The spirit is one of the creatures of Allah. This hadith tells us that the Muslims are the only ones who are following Jesus. May Allah 
deeply is with it. Peace and blessing of Allah be upon you. Because they believe in it and they respect him. And if any Muslim doesn't believe or doesn't respect and doesn't love Jesus, actually his Islam is invalid. He's not a Muslim. The ruler of the Muslims, in this case, will ask him to repent to Allah or he will kill him. If he doesn't respect or if he doesn't love Jesus, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So, Prophet Muhammad is teaching his nation in this hadith that the key to paradise is to believe in Jesus. Prophet Muhammad is telling his nation that the key to paradise is to believe in Jesus and to believe and love and respect Jesus and to believe that he is spirit from Allah and he was created by the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever testifies that there is no God who is worthy to be worshipped but Allah alone who has no partner and that Muhammad is his servant and messenger and that Jesus is his servant and messenger and his word given to Mary and a spirit from him and that paradise is a reality. And that paradise is a reality. And that hellfire is a reality. We have to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the paradise and he created the hellfire and they both are waiting for the day of resurrection when Allah will resurrect every one of us and reward him or punish him. There is a long saying that says those who do good deeds will go to paradise and those who do evil deeds will go to hellfire. This saying needs an explanation. Those who do good deeds will go to paradise. This is true if they have the key to paradise, which is the hadith that we studied. If they have the perfect and the proper belief, they will go to paradise. But if they have good deeds and they don't have the proper, the perfect belief, this is, won't help them. And it won't do him any good in the day of resurrection. And those who do evil deeds, if they have the key to paradise, if they have the proper, the perfect belief, then they will be punished for a while to be clarified from their sins, and finally they will be admitted to paradise because they have the perfect belief, the proper belief. So it's not right to say that those who do good deeds will go to paradise, no, we have to say, those who have the right belief will go to paradise. And then they will go in the ranks of the paradise according to their deeds. This is true. They will be placed in a certain rank according to their deeds. But they won't enter the paradise by their deeds. They will enter the paradise if they have the key to that paradise, which is the perfect belief. And those who have the key to paradise, but they committed too many sins, and they followed their desire, and they have major sins sometimes, and died without repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they might be forgiven from Allah. He might forgive them and allow them to be in the paradise without being punished, or he will punish them for a certain time 
comes in because of their belief, the perfect belief in Allah, they will be admitted or not. My brothers and sisters in faith, I hope that I explained the hadith in a perfect way, and I hope that I covered the important meanings that you need to know, and hopefully you learned something tonight. This was the first lecture in our Islamic lectures in English by Sabil Hood of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and hopefully will be followed by our second lecture, inshallah, very soon. Finally, I appreciate your kind attention, and I pray to Allah, the one, the Almighty, to keep us on the right track and to show us the truth and help us to accept it all the time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This lecture has been brought to you by Al-Bushra Islamic Audio Library, Makkah, Saudi Arabia. Telephone 02-557-0459. We will now have a recitation of the Holy Quran by His Eminence, Sheikh Saeed Sha'alan. <laughs> يراءون الناس ولا يذكرون الله إلا قليلا مذبذبين بين ذلك لا إله هؤلاء ولا إله هؤلاء ومن يفلل الله فلن تجد له سبيلا يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تتخذوا الكافرين أولياء من دون المؤمنين أتريدون أن تجعلوا لله عليكم سلطانا مبينا إن المنافقين في الدرك الأسفل من النار ولن تجد لهم نصيرا إلا الذين تابوا وأصلحوا واعتصموا بالله وأخلصوا وأخلصوا دينهم لله فأولئك مع المؤمنين وسوف يؤتي الله المؤمنين أجرا عظيما ما يفعل الله بعذابكم إن شكرتم وآمنتم وكان الله شاكرا عليما لا يحب الله الجهر بالسوء من القول إلا من ظلم وكان الله سميعا عليما إن تبدوا خيرا أو تخفوه أو تعسوا عن سوء فإن الله كان عفوا قديرا إن الذين يكفرون بالله ورسله ويريدون أن يفرقوا بين الله ورسله ويقولون نؤمن ببعض ونكفر ببعض ويريدون ويريدون أن يتخذوا بين ذلك سبيلا أولئك هم الكافرون حقا وأعتدنا للكافرين عذابا
الذين والذين آمنوا بالله ورسله ولم يفرقوا بين أحد منهم أولئك أولئك سوف يؤتيهم أجورهم وكان الله غفورا رحيما يسألك أهل الكتاب أن تنزل عليهم كتابا من السماء فقد سألوا موسى أكبر من ذلك فقالوا أرنا الله جهرة فأخذتهم فأخذتهم الصاعقة بظلمهم ثم اتخذوا العجل من بعد ما جاءتهم البينات فعفونا عن ذلك وآتينا موسى سلطانا مبينا ورفعنا فوقهم الطور بميثاقهم وقلنا لهم ادخلوا الباب سجدا وقلنا لهم لا تعدوا في السبت وأخذنا وأخذنا منهم ميثاقا وليضا فبما نقضهم ميثاقهم وكفرهم بآيات الله وقتلهم الأنبياء بغير حق وقولهم وقولهم قلوبنا غلف فالقبع الله عليها بكفرهم فلا يؤمنون إلا قليلا وبكفرهم وقولهم على مريم بهتانا عظيما وقولهم إنا قتلنا المسيح عيسى بن مريم رسول الله وما قتلوه وما صلبوه ولكن شبه لهم وإن الذين اختلفوا فيه لفي شك منه ما لهم به من علم إلا اتباع الظن وما قتلوه يقينا بل رفعه الله إليه وكان الله عزيزا حكيما وإن من أهل الكتاب إلا ليؤمنن به قبل موته ويوم القيامة يكون عليهم شهيدا فبظلم من الذين هادوا حرمنا عليهم طيبات أحلت لهم وبصدهم عن سبيل الله كثيرا وأخذهم الربا وقد نهوا عنه وأكلهم أموالا الناس بالباطل وأعتدنا للكافرين منهم عذابا أليما لكن الراسخون في العلم منهم والمؤمنون يؤمنون بما أنزل إليك وما أنزل من قبلك والمقيمين الصلاة والمؤتون الزكاة والمؤمنون بالله واليوم الآخر أولئك سنؤتيهم أجرا عظيما إنا أوحينا إليك كما أوحينا إلى نوح والنبيين من بعده وأوحينا إلى إبراهيم وإسماعيل وإسحاق ويعقوب والأسباط وعيسى وأيوب ويونس وهارون وسليمان وآتينا داود زبورا 
ورسلا قد قصصناهم عليك من قبل ورسلا لم نقصصهم عليك وكلم الله موسى تكليما رسلا مبشرين ومنذرين لئلا يكون للناس على الله حجة بعد الرسل وكان الله عزيزا حكيما لكن الله يشهد بما أنزل إليه أنزله بعلمه والملائكة يشهدون وكفى بالله شهيدا إن الذين كفروا وفدوا عن سبيل الله قد ضلوا ضلالا بعيدا إن الذين كفروا وظلموا لم يكن الله ليغفر لهم ولا ليهديهم طريقا إلا طريق جهنم خالدين فيها أبدا وكان ذلك على الله يسيرا يا أيها الناس قد جاءكم الرسول بالحق من ربكم فآمنوا خيرا لكم وإن تكفروا فإن لله ما في السماوات والأرض وكان الله عليما حكيما يا أهل الكتاب لا تغلوا في دينكم ولا تقولوا على الله إلا الحق إنما المسيح عيسى بن مريم رسول الله وكلمته ألقاها إلى مريم وروح منه فآمنوا بالله ورسله ولا تقولوا ثلاثة إنتهوا خيرا لكم إنما الله إله واحد سبحانه أن يكون له ولد له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض فكفى بالله وكيلا لن يستنكف المسيح أن يكون عبدا لله ولا الملائكة المقربون ومن يستنكف عن عبادته ويستكبر فسيحشرهم إليه جميعا فأما الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات فيوفيهم أجورهم ويزيدهم من فضله وأما الذين استنكفوا واستكبروا فيعذبهم عذابا أليما ولا يجدون لهم ولا يجدون لهم من دون الله وليا ولا نصيرا يا أيها الناس قد جاءكم برهان من ربكم وأنزلنا إليكم نورا مبينا فأما الذين آمنوا بالله واعتصموا به فسيدخلهم في رحمة منه وفضل ويهديهم ويهديهم إليه صراطا مستقيما